Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Keith Steckler, Vice President and Group Director of Digital for MKTG. Keith, can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? Of course, man. Thanks for having me. You are super animated at 1030, so I feel like I got to just raise my animation here. Always. Um, yeah, so no, no, I appreciate it. I, I, I watch a lot of your stuff and, and thankful to be on the show. Appreciate you asking, asking me to be on. Um, so I lead a digital team at MKTG. We're about three years old. MKTG is, is an experiential agency. Um, so we do a lot in the sports, music, and entertainment sector. And um, in the last three years, we've been marrying digital, social, content, video production, all of those things with um, a lot of great clients we've had for a number of years. And so when we activate in the live space, we're bringing digital and social, um, you know, tools and, and executions to that. So to give some quick background, Keith and I met on Twitter. He obviously talks a ton about sports and marketing. We vibed and here we are. And this is proof if you engage with me and live in action, good things can come from it because we always talk about it on the podcast, live in action, hit us up and then see what happens. So. Today, we want to talk about the process behind the execution. And the origin of this is so many major brands lack execution, which is really mind-blowing considering the budgets and the level of exposure they're dealing with. So what we want to dig into is our thought process behind execution to help you along on your journey. So Keith, you and your team are great executors. Can you give us some insight into your execution fundamentals? Yeah, I think all of it really boils down to being prepared. So what I mean by that is really playing out every outcome. I think a lot, as, as I'm sure a lot of teams and a lot of leagues and, and brands have the same issue, um, is we have a lot of creative that just doesn't get used. And the reason for that is we are building assets for every possible outcome. So if it's a NASCAR race, who do we think the top five or maybe even top 10 guys could be that might win? we will build an asset in advance ready for that. And so then when we happen to be on site, it's a photo or a video of what happened in the action, whether it's in the world circle or it's the last lap, whatever the most compelling part of the race was, that then gets put into the graphic and it gets posted within seconds, if not to minutes. Because you know, you know that, that there's this hockey stick of engagement. If you miss that window, you are basically dead in social. So if the race is Sunday, posting anything on Monday is, is just inexcusable because the content and the conversation is gone. So for us, it really boils down to preparation. And, and I think that could be building things in advance, having the right team on site, having the right skill set, being adaptable, being quick, being nimble, and being open to all potential outcomes so that you can um, make sure they're covered. So speed is so important in this digital world that we live in. But speed isn't always the easiest thing in the world considering how many moving parts there are. And, and oftentimes, I think a lack of execution on a major level can be the number of people who have to get approval. Uh, I know one thing that you and I talked about is oftentimes there's content that we create that doesn't even get published, unfortunately, and it is the opposite of speed for us. And for me, I take very much a lot of pride in everything that I do, especially on the content side of things. And I want to be able to show my work and I want to be able to deliver value to the clients. 
but it's difficult when one of the core fundamentals of how to be successful in this digital world being speed is something that oftentimes gets put to the back burner. Right, right. And I, and I, and I think if you go back to probably one of the most recognizable or remembered campaigns that, that hits on speed was the Wyden and Kennedy Old Spice work where, you know, they introduced the Old Spice man and then they, they put him in um, a soundstage basically and they were replying to people in real time. So on social, on Twitter, when people were asking questions, they were, the team was there, the client was there, everyone that had to have a stake, copywriters, client, everybody was in the room to say, okay, here's what we think we do. Client, you're okay with that. And, and approvals were happening very fast in real time. So I think they built, in my opinion, one of the first SWAT teams, if you will, of how to do this in a really great way. I know a lot of brands and a lot of agencies refer to that as a, as a great case study. All we're doing years later is just adapting that to live action sports or, or whatever the event might be. So one thing that we also talked about was looking at things from a consumer's perspective. And one thing that I'm always harping on when I'm working with brands is I want your brand heartbeat to shine, your voice, the everything that makes you you. I want someone to look at your brand almost like a friend. But this is something that can oftentimes get lost in the marketing, in the process side of things. So what are your best recommendations for how brands or even agencies executing for brands can look at things from a consumer perspective? I, th I think the easiest answer to that is, is we create these personas and, and these audiences and who are we talking to? At the end of the day, we're talking to a human being. And I think if we strip all the, the marketing garbage out, you're talking to a human at the end of the day. So this person is consuming much of the same media that you are, is going home and watching movies, is turning on sports, is doing a lot of what we as industry and agency professionals do. We just treat them like it's this, you know, mystical unicorn and we have to create this, this, you know, tailored experience. So I think we have to get beyond that. And let's remember at the end of the day, we're talking human to human. How would you want to be talked to and how would you want to engage with this content? And most specifically, where are you engaging with that content? I think we forget about that a lot. Where is the balance between, let's call it brand goals and the uh, looking at things from a consumer perspective, because one thing that I really try and uh, emphasize is to not make everything a megaphone. Sometimes you can, I'm not saying being an order taker, but sometimes you can just execute something based on what a client wants, even though you look at it and you're like, this isn't really coming from a consumer perspective because am I inspiring, educating, entertaining? Am I looking forward to hearing back from this? Will this make me engage with what it is? And a lot of times the answer is no. And I find that one of the reasons actually why I started making sports from a sports content side of things is I didn't think that brands were doing a very good job of engaging me, the sports fan. Sure, I loved all things sports. Uh, we were good at creating content. But when I looked at the brands that were marketing to me specifically, they weren't doing anything special. I didn't feel a part of their brand. It was more buy our stuff. And I was like, I really don't give a crap about what you're doing. And instead, I want that dialogue to be there. But that's oftentimes not the, the main emphasis of what brands are working on. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of brands see social channels as just 
incremental ways to yell at you and not what are we doing and do we belong here and should we even be on Pinterest? Um, you know, years ago it was Facebook was, was thriving and, you know, I think we're going to throw out our website. We're just going to exist on Facebook. And I built a lot of brands, um, presences on, on and around Facebook and you kind of, you know, deprioritize the website. Now it's Instagram, now it's Pinterest. So it, it is not, let's amass as many channels as we can because we're, we're, we're missing out on all these opportunities to talk or yell or whatever at these consumers. Find the right place for you. It has to make sense for your brand. And then I think your message shines through. I think to speak to your earlier point, the, the people that make the work sometimes get too far down the funnel, um, are too involved in the process, are drinking the Kool-Aid, if you will. Just take a step back. I mean, do you, is this good? Are you excited about it? Would you watch this if it hit your feed and you didn't work on it? It's simple, simple like gut checks or show somebody that you know who has no idea what's going on. What do you think about this? What's your reaction to this? Do you like this? Would you watch this? I think, you know, I try to do that for people in the agency and outside the agency. Um, you know, you mentioned we connected on Twitter. I think I'm always open to people to, to share work and I'll give you my honest opinion on it. I don't think we do enough of that. I think we hold it way too close. Um, like we're creating something so proprietary and then now it can see the world and we're birthing a child, if you will. Like we, we take this stuff so seriously. We need to really stop. Yeah, I really believe that business candor is one of the best things that someone can learn and use to become successful now. Because I would love your honest feedback because the way I think of it isn't, oh my God, Keith's about to shut down everything that I just did. It's what can I do to improve? And I, I think it's a change in mindset. And for me, it's very much a growth mindset. I'm not concerned over personal accolades. I care about delivering the best that I can. And I love what you said of sharing the work with others because so often you're so deep in it and you're like, man, I love this thing. And you're, and you're not looking at it from a different perspective. And they oftentimes call it eating your own dog food. And it's something when, especially in content creation, when we're creating such high volumes of content, you sit there and you say, all right, if this shows up in a Facebook feed next to a trick shot video, um, a family portrait, um, a Donald Trump something, and a cat video, are you going to click on this? And guess what? The overwhelming majority of the time, the answer is going to be no, because it's, I'm not saying disruptive, but it's not the entertaining, it's not the exact same thing that we just talked about, cat videos and, and all this stuff that makes you look forward to it. And then you see this brain interruption, you're like, well, wait a second. So just getting a little input from someone being like, hey man, how can I make this more relatable to you? You know nothing about this campaign, but what do you think? Yeah, and, I, and, I, and it's a good point. I think a lot of brands and, and marketers feel like they know who the competition is. It's all those other brands that are doing the same thing as them. That is not the case. Your competition is the internet. And so <laughs> there are other things that people can be doing and spending their time on. It's not just your competitive set. Um, and the other thing I, I just might have, oh, um, the other thing is in digital and social, we treat these things as if they're done. So something goes out, it's on a site and, and we're done. And so I, I really advise you to not treat digital and social as if it's ever done. It is always flowing. And so when you put out something, 
consider what if this is a really strong success? What do we do next? What if it is a failure? What do we do next? And be ready with that plan B and plan C because you're not done once you've put something into the ether. Absolutely love that. So Keith, where can people connect with you? Well, I'm on Twitter, man. You know, that's how we connected. That's where I spend most of my time. I, um, I talk about sports. I bash LinkedIn at least five times a day. So please, you know, find me on LinkedIn, but don't expect much. Um, on Twitter is where I am, and that's at Keith S, K-E-I-T-H-S. And as always, I'd love to hear from you about this episode. Do you have thoughts, questions, or did this cause you to take action? You can hit me up on Instagram at Rob underscore Cressy or on Twitter at Rob Cressy. And if you'd like to get some content creation tips to help you on your journey, go to BaconSports.com and sign up for my newsletter. That's it. That's all.